1: where every week I help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. Now that might be the mission of the nonprofit that you are working at, or if you're a nonprofit consultant or freelance grant writer, the many different nonprofits you work with. All right, so we have a great show in store for you today where we're talking about fundraising and some simple steps to prioritize your time and your fundraising efforts. This is especially important for you executive directors, you fundraisers out there, and you grant writers and consultants. This is going to help you get back to the basics and to really, really prioritize your time so you can thrive in your fundraising. And to help me do that, we have Patrick Kirby, the founder of Do Good Better Consulting and the podcast Do Good Better. He has amazing energy. You guys are going to love listening to the show today. Before we get there, though, I just want to say a big shout out for all of you guys who attended the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. Such a huge success. Thank you to our presenter sponsor, Foundant Technologies, as well as Bloomerang and Nora's Books, and all of our attendees that came to the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. Such a great time. Also, a word from our sponsor at Grant Writing and Funding. Please do check out GrantwritingandFunding.com for all of your grant writing and freelance grant writing resources. Please join our free Hub Haven where you get amazing, amazing resources that you can access. There's so many freebies in there from our grants formula all the way to our top 10 tips to position your nonprofit for funding and ways that you can get started to become a freelance grant writer. So many goodies and downloadables and videos and so much more in our free Hub Haven. And for all of the show notes for today's episode, please go over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 234. We also have our wonderful YouTube video that you can watch if you prefer to watch. All right, so what do we talk about in today's episode? Well, I already gave you a little sneak peek, but we also talk about why wearing too many hats for nonprofit leaders really does put you down this rabbit hole of having this everlasting to-do list. So we need to figure out how to get some of those things off your to-do list because you and I both know they just aren't coming off by themselves and they become looming monsters in your brain and on your journal or your planner that never go away. And crossing things off your list brings so much joy and happiness. <laughs> So we definitely talk about that. We also talk about why celebrating is so important for nonprofits. And Patrick also gives you his five-day formula. So you are definitely gonna wanna listen because you wanna figure out what to do each day of the week so you can take the weekends off. And he goes back to, you don't need to learn more, right? We're always learning, learning new tech, all of this stuff. It's just going back to relationship basics. So we're going to talk about authentic fundraising that's actually a lot easier than you think. And you're probably already doing it, but you're probably not leveraging it like you can. We'll also touch on avoiding shiny object syndrome, which is super huge. And we'll talk a little bit about his Do Good Better Midwest tour that's coming up. All right, so a little bit about Patrick Kirby. Once again, he is the founder of Do Good Better Consulting and a believer that the quote-unquote, we've always done it this way, is the most dangerous phrase in the English language. He has spent over a decade working in nearly every capacity in the nonprofit industry for organizations of all shapes and sizes and strives to do good better every day. Once again, for all of the show notes for today's episode, which he gives you some freebies, he also is giving out... A free calendar, so you can definitely get the five-week fundraising challenge calendar um, if you jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 234. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Patrick Kirby. So welcome, Patrick.
0: How are you? I'm so excited to be here. I'm I'm, I'm ecstatic about this. This is going to be so fun.
1: Yes, it is. It's going to be absolutely awesome. And I love it because I was on your podcast, now you're on my podcast, and we're like, podcasters, (laughs) unite. I love
0: it share the love and the ideas and the perspective and the enthusiasm we're going to rock it
1: yes yes and I and I just love you know what you're doing and your energy that you bring and the fun that you bring to it but simplicity as well like oh my gosh because often my head goes into the sand with grant (laughs) writing all of that and it did the more you learn the more you realize you don't know if you know what i mean it goes and goes and goes right so it's like this constant rabbit hole so i love your perspective and just taking that breath and coming back to the basics and saying hey hey nonprofits i know what you're dealing with come back to me and let's kind of go through this again because the learning curve, the tech, all of the things can just bury you, right? And, and lead you to paralysis, wow. Right,
0: yeah, there's, there's too much. It's, yeah. There's too much information. There's too many apps. There's too many uh, things to learn. There's too many uh, things to do. And, and I think that's the hardest part about being a nonprofit leader <laughs> is that you are looking at a to-do list that never ends. You're looking at fundraising that never ends. You do an event, it ends but then you're just starting another event or you're writing another thing, it never ends. And and so the acknowledgement that you can do big things by just pacing yourself and that you're not alone and that the easiest way to get out of your own head is to get back to what works. And, And I'm not saying like go old school, old guard fundraising, but how do you like to have a conversation with somebody? How do you like to build relationships? what makes you uh, joyful in your fundraising? Well, yeah. it's telling a story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's making a connection. It's aligning with values. And all of a sudden, poof, somebody asks you, how, how can I help? Well, congratulations, you just fundraised. Mm-hmm. And it, that's it's that simple. And we try to overcomplicate it. And we think that the most complicated things should be the things we were doing. And then you realize that it's not necessarily the case all the time. And that's what I love talking about. I love talking about it with clients. I love talking about that on podcasts. I love talking about that on stage, wherever I go. I just like to say, if you can do just enough to at the end of the week, go, you know what? I kicked a lot of rear end today and, and this was great. Yeah. And I made yeah. some connections and I did some good and we raised some money and we're doing great impact. You can just, you can enjoy the weekend. You can enjoy your job again. And that's kind of where I love talking and, and chatting about uh, things we like with you.
1: Yes, exactly. And I love that. That is specifically doing good better. <laughs> so it's like yeah, everyone does good things out there with their nonprofits, but how do you do that better? So maybe you're not experiencing burnout, or like you said, that never ending list. I mean, that's real. Like it can get so overwhelming and just it can hold you up. And, and the other thing I love that you mentioned is, you know, to talk about it's one event to the next, to the next, to the next. So even as a grant writer, I had always experienced like, I wrote the grant. I sunk my life into it, my 3AMs or whatever. <laughs> it got awarded. Nope. And then it was like, okay, Holly, next grant. You know what I mean? There wasn't that yes. celebration necessarily. There wasn't that, you know, even at the end of the fundraiser event and we did it guys. And then it's just like on to the next. And it's just, there's kind of this, the sense of loss in a way, you know what I mean? Or just like, not fulfillment maybe in that, I guess you could say. So can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Because I think that's really important.
0: Nonprofits are awful. And I mean, they are terrible at celebrating wins.
1: Yes. Awful at it. Because,
0: and again, I'm in flyover country, North Dakota, right? (laughs) So we're just like, keep to ourselves. I don't want to be flashy, but don't look at me and my stuff and, and whatever. And we don't like to celebrate because we think it's bragging. Um, and you don't want to celebrate in front of other nonprofits because you think you're like peacocking or mm-hmm. look at what we got, look at grant we got. The the first of all, your donors want to know where your wins are. They want to be a part of a winning team. They don't want to support a sinking ship. They don't want to support this sort sort of like down in the dumps, eor like organization that's always kind of like oh, well, we gotta raise more money again. <laughs> they need a win, yeah. right? Yeah. Listen. I don't know if your audience is football fans or I don't know if you're a football fan. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, unfortunately, which means I've never won a Super Bowl. And my life as a football fan is awful. So I celebrate little things like we made, we won eight games this year, or we didn't lose by a field goal again, right? So like, I have to have these small wins in order to keep my sanity. And you as a nonprofit leader have to celebrate some of these wins Uh, on a regular basis, otherwise you forget, A, why you're doing this in the first place, B, you miss a great opportunity to say thanks and show gratitude and and bring people back to say, hey, listen, you helped us get here, or this is what our impact is going to do. Your gift is meaningful. Your gift did things. And then if you do that on a regular basis, if you just do that, you're going to feel a lot more inspired. You're going to feel a lot less burnout because you can at least take a moment. Like you just said, there's no joy. There's emptiness. There seems to be no finality to it. So we talk a lot with individuals we work with or groups we work with to pause, celebrate a win and then move on to something else. But you have to take that at least a little bit of a victory lap or pat yourself on the back a little bit because you work too damn hard not to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. And it's just like, even the pause, right? Like taking that space. And and I love that you even put it on the level of maybe the nonprofit, they don't want to send a press release because they think, oh, that's bragging or other our partners might get jealous. There's a lot of competition sometimes in smaller communities or it feels that yeah. way. So they don't want it, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, We'll be proud of it. You know what I mean? And then you can also be a mentor to those other nonprofits as well. Right. Like, this is how we did it. Um, do you want to partner on a grant together or partner on a fundraiser together? Or, you know, we're both doing one on the same weekend because we didn't communicate before. and Now we're going to tap out all of our donors and it's limited geography. You know what I mean? Like that can be, it can be avoided by being a little more vocal about those wins or, you know what I mean? How you're going to work together.
0: And you're going to attract more Right. So you're right. You're, you're winning attracts winning. Uh, your, your positivity will attract other positivity. You know how it goes where if you ever get down a rabbit hole where you're just complaining about stuff, you'll always attract other people who like to complain about stuff. And then you figure out like after a while that nothing you've done is positive because all you've done is complain. That's the route you could take or do the direct opposite. And you celebrate and you're like, Hey, this is really exciting. You don't brag. You just go, Hey, this is the impact we make. And all of a sudden, people come out of the woodwork. Well, well, I want to help. How do I help? Yeah, Join us on here. And then you've got another organization that says, well, how did you do that? Well, come over here. I'll show you how. Mm-hmm. And you can be a, a bridge builder and a cheerleader together. Now, the other thing, too, is that you can celebrate wins with other organizations as a nonprofit and still have the same internal, wow, our sector is doing well feeling. Yes. Right? So yeah. don't think of this as you only have to celebrate your own wins. It's okay. I'm giving everybody permission who's listening. It's okay to celebrate other organizations' wins, even if they're in the same sort of space. Because mm-hmm. your job is to solve social issues. And if another group is doing great, won't it, wouldn't it be great if you could just go,
1: hey, yes.
0: who knows? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be great? Without yes. feeling like you were. You're, uh, you know, sort of uh, the secretly trying to cheat on your own organization by saying congratulations and kudos on someone who got a really big grant or really great big uh, funder to, uh, to support them. Doesn't that just help your whole sector? Doesn't that help rise the tide of all ships? Doesn't it help you associate yourself with the winning team? Of course it does. And it makes you feel good. And you can so okay now what now you can get jazzed up and go all right what did they do that we're not doing how can we emulate their their momentum and their activity and their positivity let's put that into action and all of a sudden you're manifesting in real time doing what they're doing because you're saying thanks and you're being joyful and you're being appreciative of the other people who are winning at whatever they're winning at whether it's raising a bit a, of a bunch of money whether it's raising a goal whether it's building whatever it is you're then, A part of the positivity. And that I think is a very major play in less burnout and more enthusiasm for what you do.
1: I love that so much because that is like hitting the nail on the head as far as going, you know, um, I see this so much, right? Especially in small communities. And it's saying, oh, they're a similar nonprofit. So, We need to separate we need to we're competing right that because and oftentimes maybe they are competing for some of the same pot right of monies, but to look at it to say, but what is the issue what is our mission, why did we develop this nonprofit, why are we a part of it, and what is what is it trying to solve right and then when you can see that it's it's amazing because then you're like, oh my gosh, we should celebrate together. Maybe, hey, maybe we could do a conference together or maybe we could do something together and raise more awareness on this and not tap out the same sponsors and see how we can do this together. And that elevates, like you said, not just the sector, not just your organization, but it sol- starts solving the problem you're trying to address.
0: Oh, that's so true. And then, then you get into this. Now your abundance mindset shifting your organization as a whole. You're right. You're not. You're not cloak and dagger. You're not sort of shielding everybody from everything else you're doing. And the minute you think that you're, you've got to protect your donors and protect your your programs from other people seeing it or whatever. That reduces the amount of stuff that you're going to brag about, and you're going to tell people about, and celebrate about, because you don't want anyone to know. And I don't want anybody to know about this grant that we got or this donation we got because they're going to find it. Uh, they're like, think about it. it's, it's Lord of the Rings, and you got a, a you're, you found it, and you're smeagol and you're just sitting there, Gollum, and you're just like, I just, ah, it's my precious. Don't do that. Um, and I think that's such a it's such a good point. This helps everybody. Yeah. and it opens your eyes to the ability to partner up. Mm-hmm. This is a very lonely industry. and You mm-hmm. know this as well as I do. There's everybody who's listening. It's a lonely position you're in as a grant writer or an executive director or a fundraiser. There's not a lot of people you can talk about the struggles and the, and the challenges that you have without feeling like you are a, a less than a, a we already have this crisis amongst ourselves, like imposter syndrome already, but you feel less of it if you're going to admit it, when in real, in the reality, everybody's experiencing that same sort of frustration and, and uh downtrodden-ness sometimes. So why not partner with people who have the same affiliation or, or uh, similar uh, things so that you cannot feel so alone in the space? And that alone will help you with burnout. That'll help you sort of manifest things that are positive. And it'll help you sort of guide back to, okay, what am I really trying to do here? I'm trying to raise money. I'm trying to make impact. I'm trying to use my gift of of, of gab and storytelling and connections and relationship building to connect donors to something that makes them feel good. And then we're doing great in the community at the same time. That helps. And it really simplifies what your day-to-day a calendar looks like. And mm-hmm. if you're not doing something that's going to help that, then you don't do it and just erase it off of your plate.
1: That's right. I love that. Yeah. And so getting, getting to that task list that, that what's on your plate today, like, what do you see a lot of maybe nonprofit executive directors or fundraising development, like putting on their plate, maybe that they don't need to, or that you right. like the low hanging um, take off.
0: Yeah. You know? I think, I think everybody burdens themselves with everything, right? When our zone of genius is very niche Mm -hmm. and, um, being everything to everybody. I think that's another thing that we burden ourselves with. And it's trying to do a million things when we're really good at just a few. Mm -hmm. And I think this comes down to a couple of things. Number one, look to off board or, or, or or hire out the things that you're not great at because you're spending 10 times the amount of stuff that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Grant writing, your uh, uh, event planning, your social media, if you can do it. If you don't think you can afford it, track the time that you are researching where your ads are going or how much time you're spending with a grant and the ROI from it. The amount of time that you're doing um, X, Y, and Z, track it for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Simple, just simply track it for two weeks. How much time are you doing X, Y, and Z? And then really think about and be honest with yourself. Did that bring us any money? Did that bring you any joy? Did it bring you any um, uh, satisfaction or impact to your mission? And if the answer is no, knock it off. Because you know what you're going to be great at. And then think about the cost of the time that you spent doing the things that didn't bring anything in. And how can you get that off of your plate? And I think that that's a very difficult conversation to have with your board of directors when you're looking at a budget and we're all sort of pinching pennies. And I get that. But but the minute that you get that offloaded, you can spend time building better relationships with some of your bigger donors to explain to them what the impact is. And I guarantee you, there's not a lot of guarantees in the world. I guarantee (laughs) you, if you get out of the things you're not good at and wasting time with, or getting somebody else to come in and do that, where you can spend time that you're great at, Mm -hmm. you're going to make more money. So I think a lot of people have that. And the other thing is where to start.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of
0: people look at their to-do list. And I do this all the time too. I look at it and I go, what the hell do I do first? Mm -hmm. And that's a common question. That's a common question I get all the time. What do I do first? Mm -hmm. And, um, we, we built a a relatively uncomplicated system of just uh, doing a one thing a day. Yeah. One thing, right. It, you can tell, you know, if, uh, you're uh, reading a million books, you're like, I do these 20 things a day or do these 50 things a week. That's overly complicated. We have the attention span of gnats and we've got too big of a to-do list. Let's move the needle forward one thing at a time. So, so I've really kind of orchestrated it into kind of a five step because there's five days in the week and we're not going to work on the weekends because that's your time and you need to refresh and you need to recharge. Okay. So I've kind of organized it into uh, what do you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm -hmm. We plan on Mondays. We execute on Tuesdays. We document on Wednesdays. We celebrate on Thursdays, and we uh, appreciate on Fridays. And if you just do one thing every day, you look back at the end of the week, and you can accomplish something. So, you know, Monday, we get in the office, we got to clean up our inbox, we got to do something. Plan on what you can't afford to not get done. The thing, and knowing that all hell's going to break loose, by the way, because we all know that our calendars. but what's the one or two things you need to get done? On Tuesday, it's the most productive day of the week. I can't scientifically prove that, but I just kind of have the inkling if you planned all day Monday, you can do something on Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. Have a donor meeting, have a conversation, whatever that is, and then just execute something you did. And on Wednesday, you've got all this wonderful information bouncing around in your head or great conversations. You gotta get that down on paper or a cocktail napkin or something, right? Get it out of your brain and on paper because we have the superpower that we all think we have, which is remembering everything. And uh, that's not true we talked about celebrating, right? We have to do that at least once a week. Thursday is a great time for it. And then you end the week with gratitude. You write your thank you notes. You write your thank you emails. You make your thank you calls. You have your thank you meetings. And by the time Monday rolls around, when you are planning the people that you wrote the handwritten thank you note on Friday are opening it up and you didn't ask them for money. You just said, thanks. And all of a sudden the phone rings. They're going to pick up. First of all, and they're going to thank you for the thank you note, which all of a sudden is this really weird circular motion of think, No, thank you for uh, this thing. And I'm going to thank you for the whatever it is. And then you have a conversation with somebody that starts with gratitude, the way you ended the week with gratitude. And it's a completely different cycle. And you do it over and over again. And it's just a wonderful little reset button. And it gets you back to like, hey, what day is it? Wednesday? I got to document what I, what I learned this week. Mm-hmm. It's Friday. I got to write my thank you notes. It's Monday. I got to plan. And it just, it helps me figure out what I'm going to do during the week. And mm-hmm. and over the the course of a number of years, sort of leading nonprofits and sort of executing some of these things, it has just helped me clarify uh, the simplicity of what we have to do as fundraisers or grant writers or executive directors just in a box for five days, one day a week kind of bit. Oh,
1: I love it. I love that. And, and that's such a simple process to follow, like you said. And it's and it's, the thing is, you, you, a lot of this, you have that list. It's overwhelming. It's you got to do your emails, you got to do this, you got to And you're trying to figure out when to plug when to start what to do first, like you said, and then you get paralyzed in some of it. And then the emergency comes, it's going to happen. And <laughs> like, you're back to the list that has got yeah. nothing marked off. So I love yes. that one day at a time. And it kind of is, uh, it kind of reminds me, um, I just finished again, for like the fifth time the book, Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. So a lot yes. of those, yeah, a lot of those concepts, right, as far as like, just doing one thing right being in that that compound effect then as as far as like moving the needle forward but if you focus one day like man that's awesome because otherwise are you ever going to get to that gratitude are you ever going to get to that appreciation probably not right but like you said that's like the easiest thing to write thank you cards who does that anymore though hardly anyone well, yeah. think about
0: think about this if you t- so if you take nothing away from this right if you're an executive director if you're a grant writer if you're a fundraiser whatever you are if you take nothing away from this conversation outside of the fact that i've drank way too much caffeine today right uh, if you take nothing away write five handwritten thank you notes a week on a friday yeah take 20 minutes and don't just thank donors don't don't no 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 don't do that People expect you to write a thank you note when they give you money. Don't do that. Write an unexpected, uh, unanticipated thank you note for somebody who has volunteered, who's been an influence in your life, a community member doing great things, another organization that's done really well, uh, Mm -hmm. somebody who's maybe uh, a a, a political uh, affiliation of yours, or maybe somebody on the other side of your political. Find something to write something nice about. Mm -hmm. Pop it in the mail. First of all, you do that five times a week times 52. I'm bad at math, but that's a lot of thank you notes. Right? <laughs> well, that's fine. a lot of things. That's a lot of handwritten thank you notes out the door. I guarantee you you're not writing that many right now. Mm-hmm. And if you 10x or 20x your thank you notes every
1: week had a little bit of a pause. There. there you are. You froze for a second, but you're back. Okay. Yeah. Ah. So you were saying if you if you send those thank you notes every single week.
0: Yeah. If you you send them every single week, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what's going to happen? People are going to open it up. They're going to see your business card in there. They're going to see a nice little handwritten thank you note. And they're going to remember the fact that you wrote them and you didn't ask them for a dang thing. Yeah, You just said, thanks. You were very authentic about it. You're very joyful. And the next time they see you, or the next time they read your email, I guarantee they're going to read it. I guarantee they're going to pick up the phone. And when you call, I guarantee they're going to return your call or return your email because you were genuinely appreciative in a random sense, right? A random thing that you have done. And that sort of joy that you can be, the the light bringer of whatever organization you are or the community in which you live in, that is gonna send a rippling message across your donor base and your supporters and your volunteers, your own staff, board members, your leadership team, that kind of thing works. Mm -hmm. So if you only take away that, right? five, Five thank you notes a week at the end of the week, pop them in the mail, and you can go home at the end of the day and go, at least I got that done. Even if everything else goes to hell in a basket. at least you've got that.
1: At least you did that. Yeah, and that's a huge thing. And and sure, it, it can be both authentic and strategic, right? Very. So it's also that to say, well, aren't you kind of doing it to get something? How is that authentic? But you can still have joy and be thankful and have gratitude and not expect anything though, but to think, well, you know, this maybe eventually will result in in a better relationships with funders sure. or donors or volunteers or whatnot right so
0: be purposeful just be yeah. purposeful you don't have to be of a, a nefarious plan of like i'm going to get into the pocket of that person <laughs> what you want to do is to get them aligned with making them feel like they are uh aligned correctly in their own community here's yeah. another thing that i think drives it drives me crazy mm-hmm. which is uh you have a meeting with the donor it's not the right fit what mm-hmm. do you do align them with somebody who's going to make them joyful in giving they're going to remember that and here's the thing it does it gets you into the mindset of like hey I don't have a scarcity mindset I got an abundance mindset because I know that I'm setting up that donor for success and they're going to remember me for hooking them up together and they're going to remember me when they meet somebody who's not aligned with the organization that they fall in love with they're going to send them back to me. That's not being nefarious, it's being purposeful. And you're doing it for the right reasons, which is aligning people correctly in your community so they can give more, and do good. And people will remember that. Your donors will remember that. People, in the, uh, the, uh, people with high capacity or high influence will remember that. And it's all, it's all about just being, are you authentically um, aligned with, how can I simply make the place that I live and I work and I play and I have my family or am myself, how can I make it better? What's well, by getting you into a position in which you are building better relationships and matching people. And that's the simplicity of all fundraising. How do you match people with and align them with great things that people are doing? And so you're not responsible for other organizations, but it sure as heck doesn't hurt if you help others be good in the community and make themselves feel great by
1: giving. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think that is so good because You know, it's great when I see nonprofits tagging other nonprofits in social media posts and sharing things. Oh my gosh, and it's just gonna help the entire sector so much better. You know, um, I did actually a research project here on Guam with nonprofits and we talked about one of the things in the focus group was talking about the competition here because it's a small island, et cetera, right? But what it came out with, what they overwhelmingly wanted was a resource hub where they could talk together, where they could share a calendar of fundraising so they don't overlap on that, where they can you know really help each other out. And I thought that's just so beautiful because yes, that's they know what's going to advance them doing that. You know that can be tremendous, right?
0: It's absolutely a perfect idea, and you can do that in your own community. And mm-hmm. and and again, it what it does is it simplifies your to do list mm-hmm. if you. what complicates your to-do list is is if you meet with the donor and they don't align well and now you've got to spend every waking hour trying to figure out what in your program or service or mission aligns with them rather than going and living and letting go Mm -hmm. what simplicity would you would it be if you could just let that relationship go or match them with someone else and then you feel good about it you can move on to something else that has a better shot of being a bigger donor in a better relationship down the road unburden yourself with all of this stuff and simplify your life. It's going to be great. I I guarantee it's going to make your entire life as a fundraiser or a a grant writer or a executive director or a leader, whatever, a lot more awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing as taking on a grant that you shouldn't be taking yes. on, you know, that's going to, oh my gosh, it's going to take your capacity right out the window. It's going to do so much and you can't focus on what you really want to do. Cause you're like, we got all this money now for this program. That's not even on our mission, but Hey, it's money. And it's like, yeah, it's going to cost you a lot of money too, because it's not your mission drifting. Right. So
0: it's, it's going to burn you out because nobody knows what they're doing and they're now they're overly stressed and they're, and then they're seeing the other programs that they didn't get funded because they concentrated on trying to chase them money slip. And now the stress of not having that go uh, down the tubes is now not even enjoying the fact that you got money. And now you resent the fact that you got money and then you don't have joy. And then you get burnt out and then you quit and then you go, I don't even know what I want to do this anymore. You're hundred <laughs> percent right. You're so right. And so it's not, you don't have to chase it. Yeah. You just have to tell yeah. great stories and just find people who love what you're doing and then have them ask you essentially, how can I help? Yeah. And you do that yeah. by saying, hey, here's a great thing. Hey, asking better questions in meetings and just sort of like you know, digging in a little bit deeper. And I had a, I had a, I had a wonderful mentor in, uh, in my fundraising uh, career mm-hmm. who taught me, you never ask for a major gift unless you know the name of your donor's dog. Oh. And, and I thought it was just mo- the most beautiful thing. I've, I've, I've said it for years. I've believed it for even longer. And, um, and the reason is, is that you then know something other than the size of that person's checkbook yeah. and that you can relate to them in a phone call that has nothing to do with the campaign you're writing or the, or the, the building you're building or the thing you need to fund. You're, you're calling them because, Hey, I know you just got back from a trip. How was it? Uh, did you try this? Uh, did you see this movie? How are your grandkids? You're, you're looking for ways to just be a normal human being interacting with another human. That's the other thing too. And I, I could talk about this for like 15 hours. You're just another person talking to another person who happens to have some money that you think would be good at your organization. Yeah. That's the last of your worries. How to be a good human, having another conversation with another human. That's it. That's it. I've simplified fundraising down to that. That's it. That's all you're doing.
1: I love it, and, and it is, it's it's when we only ask for money once a year when it's open, that's the only time we communicate with the fundraisers or other sorry, the funding sources, or when you're doing that fundraising event, you only reach out to the donors at that time of the year and you only ask them to contribute. You don't, can you know, you have to have relationships, right? any kind of funding, any kind of, because it's basically a contract, I'm going to give you money, you're going to do this, right? That is a relationship. And when we forget that, like, oh my goodness. So I love that coming back to, you know, let's have relationships. Who is a good relationship for us, right? We don't have to please everyone. Everybody's not going to be a great relationship fit, right? So also thinking, oh, we have to be huge for the masses or we have to be too broad. So we please everyone is really not going to do your nonprofit, any service, right? How oh,
0: exhausting would that be? Trying yeah. to be everything to everyone. My yeah. goodness gracious! You don't. uh, I. There's things I don't like. I don't want to like like those things because you like those things, and I just. Ah, uh, that's like, Think about how many times you. I, people talk about the dating, right? So think of uh, you know fundraising is dating.
1: Sure. How
0: exhausting would it be to date fifty people, or a hundred people, or a thousand people? Like you can't keep up with that. No. You can't up with a certain group of folks who have the same or similar likes but if you're tracking down people just trying to like oh that That's seemed awful. to be exhausting and there's where the burnout comes yeah because you're spending time not talking with or being with aligned individuals with whatever impact you're going to make yeah. it's a lot easier to be with a team mm-hmm. that really gets it at the same time well don't fight it yeah what are you doing now, you can tell your story to as many people as possible, and those people will come out of the woodwork because they are attracted to your story. That's a great game plan. Don't never stop that apostasizing on what you're doing. Never stop that. But don't spend an inordinate amount of time and energy and effort with people who don't have any interest in you. Find your tribe. Grow that tribe slowly and patiently and, and sort of tend to that like, a, like you would a garden. Right. That's what you should be doing. Um yeah. the chasing chasing uh big gifts, chasing waterfalls, yeah. hey, yeah. don't don't be going there.
1: Don't be going there. Yeah, because I mean myself
0: it's, it's... so badly right there. That was awful.
1: Hey, I got it right away. So...
0: No, uh, got... same page.
1: We're here. We're here. Yeah. So <laughs> I know in the in the green room we were talking about long distance phone calls before. So <laughs> It's the on the same
0: matches case. so well.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I and I know I love that. You know, and especially I think startup nonprofits—they really feel like everybody. You know, we don't want our mission to be too narrow. We gotta, we do it all. <laughs> we help everyone. I see like mm-hmm. these mission statements, and I'm—that's no joke, right? Those kind of mission statements, and it's like, whoa. First off, let's kind of figure out what you what problem you want to solve. <laughs> <laughs> yes. there, so. yeah.
0: I, I bet, I bet you see way more like over overreach than most yeah. human beings do uh, with that. And, and I think that's the advantage of somebody who's uh, in, in the consulting role or in the roles that we're at is that we have this ability to, we, we've seen a lot. Yeah. And so when we, when we, we have the ability then to go in and say, Hey, listen, here's kind of how we've seen this play out before. And that's why I think I love our roles so much in this, in this, in this industry is that you're not telling them to do stuff. You're just giving them this different perspective because they, all they want to do is good. That's the best part about most of this though, is their hearts are in the right place. They're just frenetic about everything and they just don't know where to go, which is kind of our point where it's like, get back to the basics of like, what are you trying to solve? And is this, is this something that you can make a difference at? Don't go everywhere. Be here. Solve this and move on. And wouldn't it be great that you had a niche that was so great and so um, uh, explainable that it, you solved it and yeah. you could go and do something else, which is yeah. the ultimate goal of some of these nonprofits? You want to close down, you want to shut down because you've done your job. Isn't that the ultimate goal? You don't want to be around for 450 years, you want to solve it. I and um, we, want and
1: solve on, uh, we want to go we want to go like dissolve right at some point. <laughs> like, that's just wouldn't that goal. be great?
0: Yeah. If you had, a, if you had a board chair or a board of directors and executive directors, whose main mission was, we want to be so good at what we do that we shut down. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome?
1: Yeah. I that's
0: want to awesome. join that. I want to join that team. Right. I don't want to work. I don't want to do this anymore. We want to solve this issue. and We're going to move on.
1: That's awesome. No, I, I totally agree. And I, and that, and that's the thing too. It's like, you need to figure out that list has to end it. So coming back to that list, it needs to end at some point, like, and figuring out, What do I need to put on it? So I love that you kind of said, here's your themes for the day, so you're focused. And then to think about also what you said about if it's not on here, your list, if it's too overwhelming, you've tracked your time for two weeks and it's not bringing you the joy, it's not bringing you that high income, your opportunity levels are lost because you're spending all your time there and you're not solving that issue or learning it properly then outsource if you can, right? Or just take it off the list for now, right? It's it's Or find out if your board members can rally up and do it. Find out if a committee can rally up and do it. Get some interns potentially involved, right? Like think about instead of just going into that spiral constantly of, I need to do this. It's always on my list. I always need to be like, I feel like I need to do it. It's a loomy monster in my brain. I never get it done. Like I love being able to cross it off. Right. And to be able to say, I, I just, it was not worth it. I got to outsource it or I got to eliminate it. I mean, is that pretty much how you kind of look at it to say, get it off your list.
0: Well, think about the last thing you crossed off your list. Mm-hmm. How good did it make you feel? Right, and and if and if you cross it off your list because you haven't gotten around to it, or it's not bringing you joy, or it's not making the impact, you cross it off your list. When are you going to remember that again? You're not. Right. It goes away. It's as simple as crossing it off the list. You know, if if you're if your whole bit and if you're overly stressed about starting a TikTok account because every other organization in town is starting a TikTok account and you're stressed about the fact that you don't know anything about TikTok, and you find yourself watching TikTok instead of doing things on TikTok, and you cross off start TikTok, that gives you all of the time and your mental capacity to move on with something else that you're good at, like calling somebody up on the phone and asking them if they'd like to meet for coffee. That You know that gives you joy. Thinking about what dance to do or what sort of bit to stitch together is not a thing you should be paying attention to.
1: Yeah, if, a it's bigger fish boy, right? if it's that looming monster in your head, right, Get like out. don't do it. And like you said, crossing it off doesn't mean you have to have it done. It means oh. you're just not going to do it at all and you're just going to take it off your list. Right.
0: And it's okay because it's if it's been on your list for six months. Yeah, or it's yeah. been on your list for a year you haven't done it anyway. How has that affected you negatively at your organization, except your own personal demon that's sitting there staring at you on that list. And I think that's, and again, usually those things on the list are more complicated um, and not simple tasks that are tied with how you build relationships. Because that's what fundraising is. It's, it's, the, it's the theme that we come back to every time is are you doing what you need to do to build relationships, to tell your story, to align others and make them feel so enamored with what you're doing that they ask you, how can I help? That's it. That's how, that's how you have to think all the time. That's how you have to act all the time. And if there's something on that list that is just not doing any of that, you don't have to do it. You yeah. don't have to do it at
1: all. yeah. You have permission to take it up. And I love that kind of that, that FOMO, that fear of missing out. Cause that is so real, especially Absolutely. with nonprofits. They're like, I have to be on Instagram and I have to be on LinkedIn and YouTube and TikTok and this and Twitter. And, and cause everybody else is doing it. These people are doing it or they're, they're getting all these followers. Look at, they're getting money over there. We should do that. And it's like, if you don't have the capacity to do that, that's yeah. huge. That takes a lot of effort. You know what I mean? To do those types of things.
0: Think about this, ask your ask your donors. Are you on all these things? What are you paying attention to? Yeah. And I yeah. guarantee you, you haven't asked that question you, mm-hmm. I, because you're probably chasing people who have no interest or no idea who you are rather than, again, cultivating the ones who love you the best in the places that they found you the first place. Mm-hmm. But you're getting drawn out by all those super shiny objects. And I know, and nonprofit uh, leaders are very entrepreneurial. So they've got that sort of shiny object syndrome that's in their brain all the time. I get it. You and I get it, I, okay. <laughs> more than most people, right? Um, but I think if you can calm that and realize that, like, wait, the people that like me the most are here. Yeah, so why am I not here with the people who I can go out and say, "Hey, listen, we need to gather the troops and maybe more people. Do you have the ability to come, help us?" grow this mission, this impact, whatever. They're happy to do it. If you just ask, instead of just spending a little bit of time with them, yeah. spend a lot of time with them to go out and, and do more.
1: Yes. I love that. And then even those, if you know, you're really like, oh my gosh, no, but the TikTok thing would bring me joy and whatever, you know, that put some time into that five day work week or that five day schedule that you outline that implement, yep. you know, maybe have an hour where you have, I'm just going to do anything I want, anything creative, anything yes. that I think would be fun and give yourself some time for that too because you might realize I don't really like it once I look into it or I absolutely love it. And then I, you know, that is something to go into. So do give yourself a little time for the shiny objects, but just don't get stuck there because that's where it comes into the Oh, it goes way up on the list when maybe that shiny object should not be way up on the list at all. You know what I mean? And and that
0: oh, That's brilliant. Yeah. Give yourself space for things that bring you excitement, kind of make you giddy about uh, fundraising all over again. But like you said, get back to work. This is the thing we have to do to get done by the end of the week. These are the important pieces that we have to do, but do spend time. It's like it's like if you spend every day, you know, eating chicken and rice because you're on this sort of like super help kick and you don't enjoy a cupcake one of the day why the heck are you doing that in the first place right so you do you know, eat your cupcake have your tiktok stuff in in the in the work week but don't if you ate nothing but cupcakes well eh, you're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna have a good time right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i love it our, na-
0: our analogies are great tonight i'm telling you that <laughs> I, <know>. oh.
1: <laughs> I love the cupcakes that's a good one <laughs> So yeah, so this has been really fantastic, and I know so many good tips as far as just breaking it down, making it simple. I love this conversation, um, and I would love to see, I know you have something coming up in September as far as your Midwest tour where you're actually going to go and be able to reach out a lot more nonprofits. Can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Yes, so we've been doing a a conference here in Fargo, North Dakota the last couple of years, the Do-Gooders Conference, and we It started off with the same concept, like, hey, nobody knows what they're doing, and these conferences that you go to are overwhelming, you're really inspired, but then you go back and you open up your email, and then nothing that you were inspired by is in your email, and you feel defeated, and you're like, "Ah, I'll forget all about that.
1: Yeah. Well, we really
0: set out to make a conference that like okay you're gonna get practical things to do and it was great and it was three years and it was awesome and it was we had these wonderful speakers from all like international speakers like who were beaming in for this kind of thing in person and uh virtual but i got a little hankering to kind of go out and and see the world and by the world i mean the midwest because that's just kind of uh, where we live and we decided to go and do a a five maybe six spoiler alert um City tour where we're gonna to go to the places where we have contacts and and, uh, and and friends and people who kind of like what we're talking about, and we're gonna go there and we're gonna go and do a, a work session from nine till three, and we're gonna get stuff done. We're gonna go and build the fundraising plan for the rest of the year, and we're gonna build the fundraising plan for the early part of 2023, and you're gonna get a book and it's gonna be awesome. And and it's it's just breaking it down into tangible things that you can go back to your office and say, okay, I know what I need to do, and I think that's Going to help so many nonprofits, especially the small, medium-sized ones that are just overwhelmed with like the amount of things they could learn on the internet. Um, you know, specifically if you want grant writing, you listen to this podcast. That's what you do. You get all of your answers here. You don't need to go anywhere else. This is like the one-stop shop for all like 200 odd episodes of like getting your stuff done. You don't need to go anywhere else. But for the rest of the things, for the annual giving and for your fundraising, for special events or your sponsorships or your board, like that stuff is confusing so we're going to come to everybody else we're going to go on tour it's going to be fun and the one thing I wanted was a a a rock and roll t-shirt so where it has like the logo in the front and then like the the tour stops on the back like you go and you get a band that's the only thing I wanted out of this thing so everybody who's helping like plan the event they're like okay well can we just do all these other things that are very important I go yes but we are going to get like tour t-shirts right so uh so that's on your your list it's important it's so important uh, that's my, that's my shiny object for this yeah. entire thing, but it's going to be, it's going to be great. I, we're really excited to do it. We're really excited to hit the road, uh, not make people come to us. We're going to go to them and, and just evangelize the simplicity, the back to basics tour, where it just keep people's heads right and, uh, and, and realize that in the inner room together, we're all in the same boat. And we all just need to make things simple, and that's what we're going to do. And it's going to be uh, super fun. So, you can, if you want, uh, if you're interested for tickets, you can go to dogoodersconference.com, and you can find all the information. If you're uh, here in the Midwest, uh, we'd love to see it. It'd be fun.
1: Oh, I love that. So, we'll definitely have that in the show notes as well. The link there, so people can get Good on course. that tour. They're in the Midwest. That would be so much fun. Um, and I love that that you're bringing your fun and your play to this. Like, let's do the rock and roll T-shirts. <laughs> like, we yes. had to stop. We're just going to have to make new T-shirts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a lot of edits on the, on the shirts, just in case. Oh God. I know
1: Room for, for printing. <laughs> right.
0: yes. I wanted to, I was like, if I had my druthers, it'd be a tour bus or a van or something like as old oh. school, like band just oh. starting out and kind of, do, but, I, but the idea of just doing a, a tour like that is so funny to like, come in town, rock and roll and move on. Like yeah. that's yeah. awesome to me. I just think that's super fun.
1: That's awesome. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. Bring fun to what you guys do, right. And and into your nonprofits and make it your, your authentic thing, right. It's so much fun. So that's definitely going to be in the show notes. So definitely um, join that. And, and where can people find you as well? They want to check out your podcast they want to check out your consulting practice and all the other things that you do
0: you can find pretty much everything at do good, better consulting.com or you can find us on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube at the official do good, better podcast, uh, which you will find a a lovely episode of Holly, uh, on, uh, here and, uh, which, you know, she gives super pieces of advice. and And again, I, I, I just love, uh, the space that we're in. I love the, the, the joy of just talking nerdy about uh, you know, nonprofit stuff and, and, and the ways that the things we've learned over the years and this kind of thing. So I, first of all, I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. This is super fun. Uh, I'm again, grateful that you were on uh, mine, uh, but I'm really grateful for everybody who's listening, who's in the nonprofit space. Uh, it is, Absolutely, unbelievable, important work, and you're filling the gaps that the government can't, shouldn't, and won't do, and, and, and you are critical to the success and the, and the workings of the communities you live in, and you, you're not reminded of that enough, so what you do matters and you're awesome. And um, and if it ever gets too complicated, uh, just simplify it and it's gonna be fine.
1: <laughs> I love that, I love it. Yeah, so stay simple and, and get it done. So definitely, yes, yeah, thank you so much, Petra, for coming on the show and having me on your show. And yeah, this has been great cha- talking to you and just hearing all your enthusiasm and those those just simple steps to take. Like that is so powerful and that there's gonna be tons of takeaways for today's show. So thank you so much and we will see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode with Patrick Kirby of Do Good, Better Consulting. And definitely jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 234 for all of today's show notes, as well as that great freebie that he is giving out, which is a calendar to make sure you stay on track with how to prioritize your week. And you can definitely check that out at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 234. Alright guys, if you love this podcast, please do me a favor and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast player, as this does help other people find the podcast, and I love reading your reviews. Alright guys, I'll see you next week, and once again, jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com for all of your free grant writing and freelance grant writing resources.